Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hello everyone, happy Friday. Today's episode is on negotiating a PhD funding offer. Before I get started, I am going to go into a listener review. So I just want to remind everyone that I'm still um, asking for my listeners to provide a comment on Apple Podcasts and, you know, your iTunes app. And let me know what you think about the podcast. Give me your three, four, five star review. Leave a comment. I'll be reading them on uh, my future episodes. And I'm going to be giving out some free goodies like a CV template, a grad school list template, a statement of purpose, free uh, pre-writing handout, or a self-care and stress management PowerPoint. And so today, the person that I am going to be pulling up is, their name is Voodoo13, and now i got to pull up the comment, trying to find it now, since, let's see, Give me just a second. Also, I should mention today's episode is going to be a little shorter than usual because I'm not feeling that great. Somehow I woke up with a stiff neck. I slept wrong and it's really hard to move my neck. And so if I sound a little less enthusiastic, it's because I'm actually under a good amount of pain uh, and trying to deal with it. But anyway, going back to (laughs) the review, let's see. Voodoo13 said, The title of the comment is so helpful, and they said, I've learned a lot from this podcast so far and would recommend it to anyone who is interested in going to grad school. Thank you so much for that comment. I'm really grateful for it. I've got 12 ratings now. I'm looking for more, so please, please, please do me that favor and go ahead and leave me a review. All right, so now... I'm just going to talk off the cuff what I know when it comes to negotiating a PhD funding offer. And I decided to talk about this today because, again, a lot of it has to do with what I'm addressing with my current students that I advise in the McNair Scholars Program at UCSB. And so I've got students who have more than one uh, PhD uh, acceptance letter and funding package. And... I usually tell them like you you want to make sure that you review the funding packages closely to see what they are offering you. Ideally, they're offering you a full funding package. That's five or six years of funding in some fields. They'll even they won't even name the amount of years that they're funding you for, but they'll say we will provide you with a stipend that's X amount for um during your time in graduate school, which means they will fund you for however long you're there. You know, that's, you know, that could, that could be four, five, six, seven, eight years. And so you want to look for that. You also want to know the breakdown of 
whether or not you're getting fellowship years, whether or not you're getting funded through TA ships, through research assistantships. Uh, some schools will offer you summer funding, a summer stipend. Some schools sometimes offer a transitional stipend, and it's um, a certain amount, let's say it's like $1,200 that you'll get your first term in the fall term as a, just to like help you with transitioning into the university. Some programs also offer to provide funding for relocation expenses. And so all of this is something to consider. And now I, I just want to tell you, so when and how to negotiate. Anybody who has been accepted to a PhD program can always ask about, you know, whether or not they provide these additional um, sources of funding. But if you don't have another funding package that is stronger that you can use as a bargaining tool, it's not going to take you very far. But again, it doesn't hurt to ask. So let's say, for instance, in your situation, you've only been admitted to one PhD program. This PhD program is offering you full funding. You've got five years. Um, two of those years are fellowship years, and then the other three years are a combination of TA ships and research assistantships. And then you see that there's no mention of summer funding, no mention of uh, providing you funding for relocation expenses, nothing like that. You can always ask, you know, is there any funding provided to relocate, especially if you're going from one coast to another, from East Coast to West Coast, West Coast to East Coast, if you're making a move out of state, um, that's something you could ask. And sometimes they don't have any funding to offer for that. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they'll say, oh, you know what? We will provide you with $500 on a reimbursement basis if you provide us with receipts. Or we can provide you with up to $1,000 for relocation expenses. So again, it doesn't hurt to ask. But I also highly recommend if you have more than one funding offer that you compare your offers and then let's say you have a funding offer from a public university and then you have a funding offer from a private university. Odds are, since private schools, private schools tend to have more funding, they are probably giving you a much bigger stipend. Maybe they're giving you more years or any summer funding. Those are the things that you're going to then notice and negotiate for. How do you do that? You send an email. Let's say you got the private school funding package and they're offering you 36K as a stipend every year versus a public university maybe is offering you 20K or 25K. That's a substantial difference. What you do is you go to the public school and you say, you know, thank you so much for this offer. I'm really excited up, uh, at the prospect of um, attending this university or at the prospect of um, of starting, you know, in this program or something along the lines of you expressing your enthusiasm and interest. You know, thank you so much for the opportunity or thank you so much for this funding offer. Um, I'm definitely interested in this program. I also wanted to let you know that I've been accepted at University of X. This is the private university. And they have provided me with a stipend of X amount. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything you can do to match or increase the stipend that you have offered me. Um, 
this will allow me to uh, make a more informed decision. I look forward to hearing back from you. So, and then you attach a copy of the funding offer from the other university. This works very well because then they see who their competition is. And if they really want you, they will fight for you. The worst that can happen is they'll say, you know, there's not much flexibility in our funding. And unfortunately, we cannot increase your funding offer. That's the worst thing that can happen is you end up the same place where you started. But a better thing, and most likely they will try to add something. They may say, oh, well, we don't have the same amount of resources as University of X, but what we can do is we can offer you three years of summer funding. Or they might say, what we can do is we've recommended you for this other special fellowship that's going to increase your stipend to X. You see what I mean? So if they really want you, they will find a way to offer you a little bit more. Maybe they can't offer as much as the private university, but but more than likely they can offer a little bit more. Um, what else do I want to say about negotiating? This is not an easy thing to do. This is why the students come to me for advice and I help them with how to craft emails so that, you know, they can express their interest in the program, but also be very democratic and asking for um, more funding. And I know it feels weird because you probably feel guilty or maybe like, what if they change their mind because I'm asking for more? Am I being selfish or um, they're going to, they're going to rescind their offer or they're going to have a bad impression of me. But to be honest, this is you uh, thinking those things because you're first gen. This is you thinking those things because of imposter syndrome. I know when I got accepted to my um, PhD program, I felt so lucky to even get in anywhere that I, I thought that they honestly had made a mistake. I felt that same way when I first got into undergrad too. I thought it was a mistake. And then um, when I got my job with McNair, to be completely honest, I didn't think it was a mistake this time around, but I did think, oh, maybe not enough people applied to the, that job and the competition wasn't stiff and that's why I got it. And I again, now that I know this, as someone who helps other students, as someone who reads on the topic, does research on the topic, I know it's the first gen side of me. I know it's the it's uh, the low income side of me that feels weird to even want want to ask for more. Um, I know it's the imposter syndrome kicking in, but you have to try to find ways to fight that. You know, one way to do that is to ask for help. Re reach out to your mentors. And see if they can help you craft an email. And uh, talk to other people. You never know what kind of advice they can offer you. But don't let yourself uh, prevent or don't let yourself get in the way of having a better opportunity. Because again, if you don't ask for summer funding for a PhD program, you will likely um, struggle that much more to try to find a way to make ends meet during the three, two, three months that you're going to be on your own in the summer without any funding. And you probably, your future self, trust me, your future self is going to be grateful to you for asking for whatever it is that additional that you're asking. It could be, you know, a little bit of funding to move. It could be a, um, 
you know, one, two, three years of summer funding. It could be having a higher stipend. What else can it be? Um, I mean, those are the types of things that we typically have students ask for. Um, it's much more convincing to ask for more if you have another offer and another and a stronger offer, an offer that's giving you more. But it doesn't hurt to ask. Um, even if you don't have another offer, you can ask about relocation expenses. Even if you don't have another offer, you can ask, oh, I noticed here that you're providing me with a, you know, a five-year package, and that's really great. Thank you. But I also wanted to ask um, if any summer funding will be available, and if so, um, what's the process uh, to access that or to apply for that? Because again, you want to set yourself up for the future. It's going to be really hard to get started. Also, you can ask, you know, um, if you're planning to move early, are there any opportunities for graduate students in the summer? Sometimes they may have, you know, paid positions in the summer if you want to be a research assistant. Uh, sometimes they'll offer funding uh, or housing for students who, who come early and you start doing your research early. So don't don't hesitate to ask, even if you don't want to ask for more, but you want to ask for what other students have done. So if you feel uncomfortable asking for more, and let's say you've only been admitted to one place, still still find out what's available. So, you know, just say, you know, how do students typically fund their summers? Do you have any recommendations for um, how to account for relocation expenses? Are there any... Um, housing opportunities for students who want to start living there early? Are there any um, jobs that provide tuition fees for students who do not receive full funding? Let's say you didn't get a full funding package. They're all only offering you two, the first two years of funding. And then after that, you have to figure it out. You don't want to accept an offer unless you know that you can find a way to get your PhD paid for. I don't believe in incurring debt for grad school, especially for a PhD program. This is why I'm telling you this now. And I think that's all I want to say when it comes to negotiating a funding package. If other things come up, I'll be happy to share, um, especially if you ask me additional questions about your particular circumstance. I'll go ahead and answer that during my Q&A. All right. So now I am going to answer actually a question that I got over Instagram, and it is by someone named Olas Flola, or H-O-L-A-S-F-L-O-L-A. -L -L I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but I'll just say Olas Flola. So she says, hello, I first wanted to say thank you for your podcast. It has helped tremendously. I was recently accepted into... X University's MSW program, and they are doing a day-long sneak peek for admitted students. And I was wondering what you thought appropriate attire would be. So this is an interesting question. I've been asked. I've been asked this question a lot by my current students because they've been going all over the country to interview. And I mean, typically, it's always best to go business casual. Have at least one outfit that's business casual. In certain um, fields, you may be required to maybe dress more business professional. Let's say that's like if you were going to a business school, 
obviously business professional would make more sense. And in other fields, casual is okay too. So I'm thinking here fields like ecology, earth science, geology, or maybe um, going on a hike is part of your visitation uh, or part of, you know, the plan or, or they tell you intent. Actually, I did have one case where a student was going to Connecticut, very cold weather. And um, in the email, they told everybody who was going to visit for an interview, um, this event is a casual event. Please make sure to dress warm and prioritize that over wearing anything professional. I thought that was very nice of that department to say that. But if all else fails, go business professional. What does that mean? Depends on what, kind, what part of the country you're living in. Um, but, you know, in a lot of places, it's a little cold right now. So slacks, some, you know, dress shoes, close-toe shoes, uh, a nice sweater, perhaps a blazer over. Um, uh, anything that you would typically wear to an academic conference, to a presentation, that's the kind of attire that you want to wear. I mean, I know some women like to wear dresses with tights under, perhaps some um, nice boots um, and um, or long sleeve shirt button down for men. Even um, in some cases you can get away with wearing um, a polo shirt. So those are just some options. But whatever is business casual for you should be okay for your interview. All right. Thank you so much for that question. And now I'm going to actually end the episode by giving a quick shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to someone named Morgan, who is the first person to support me on my Patreon at the dollar a month level. This is just a reminder to everybody. I um, do have a Patreon page and um, in there you can get some special sneak peeks for future episodes. You can, depending on if you're doing a dollar a month or $5 a month, you can get, um, again, you find out early on what my future episodes are on. Some folks get to hear uh, episodes early before I even publish them on um, iTunes and on Anchor. And you also get to hear, you also get um, additional handouts, um, PowerPoints, things like that, like that related to graduate school preparation. So thank you again, Morgan, for your support. I look forward to having other people support me on Patreon. So if you're interested, go to my Instagram account and the link is in my bio. You'll be able to find it there. And then the other thing I wanted to say is that I actually just started a website and it is called gradschoolfemtouring.com. In it, um, you can learn more about the podcast. You can learn more about the book that I'm in, in the process of writing, which is going to be a grad school femme touring guide. It's a step-by-step guide to help you uh, prepare before, during, and after applying to graduate school. And you can also book me for $25 coaching sessions. So I'm now offering half-hour coaching sessions to anybody who wants to work with me. It's Again, like I said, it's $25. My going rate for academic coaching and editing has been much higher, uh, and I've only accepted a limited number of clients in the past, but I'm at a point where I am definitely ready and interested in taking on more clients, 
And I also want to be more accessible, which is why I lowered my rates. So if you want to work with me, go ahead and um, book me. You can go to gradschoolfemtoring.com to book, to book a meeting with me. You can also go to my website to book an appointment with me. Or you could DM me on Instagram and I'll get back to you. And then one last thing before I go is I am also accepting co-hosts for my podcast. If you're just curious and interested and would like to be featured as a co-host on the podcast, whether you're an undergrad who has a lot of questions or you're a grad student who wants to talk about your experience or you're an early career professor who um, wants to share more you know, wisdom, please reach out to me. I'm happy to work with your schedule so that we can find a time to chat and record and share more information that'll be helpful for low-income first-gen students. So thanks so much for listening, and I will see you all and talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anchor page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Fem Touring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time. <laughs>